Okay, so we've got it recording. So before we start taking the questions, is you know how are things, and is there anything you want to share? Uh, <laughs> everything's good. Um, I've got the uh, blessing of the service of cleaning up cleaning up the cow sheds in the morning. You know, it's good exercise for me. I'm liking it very much. Abhay Krishna was doing it while he was here, and uh, I volunteered for it recently. So it takes me about an hour or so, maybe an hour and a half at most. I clean up all their dung and fix their beds and and so forth and feed them and uh, and so forth. So that's been real nice added to my morning program. About 7.30 in the morning, I about, about eight o'clock in the morning, I start that. After rising at about four and chanting till seven thirty, and then I just to clue you in on my schedule. Then I have a little breakfast, and then I start the cow seva and so forth. So, but this morning on Sundays, then Gurnishta and Runya do that, so that I uh, give more attention to. All of you here prepare for this session. So good to be with you. And um, otherwise, still working on uh, my book, Circle of Friends. It's going well. I'm going now over all the editing that's been done. Um, and, uh, you know, approving or commenting and so forth. So making good progress. So let's go ahead and take the questions. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That was sweet. So um, right now there's six questions. Um, okay. There could be more. So uh, Padmanabha Swami has a question, but he's, I don't think he's here right now, and he emailed me the question. So okay. I'm going to put, oh, wait, that's not, I was trying to copy, I was going to copy and paste it into the chat because it's kind of long. But mm -hmm. um, let me just try to do that, and then I'll read it. Or you could read it. Yeah, it's not letting me paste it. Um, so I'll just read it. Um, so, so he says, I have a question regarding how to conduct myself internally in my daily worship of my Ishtadevata, especially in connection to how their activities take place in the dynamic of their daily leelas. For example, we generally put Radha Krishna or Gaur Gadadhar to sleep at night, but we know that, actu that actually neither of them go to sleep, but they go out all night for Rasa Leela or Rasa Sankirtan, respectively. The same criterion applies to one's guru, who will join them in their nightly pastimes in most cases. Another example would be when our Isudevata is awakened, bathed, dressed in the context of Archan. But we, but we also know that in the Leela of Radha Krishna, for example, they awaken in the Kunj, but they go to their respective homes after that, take rest, and only are bathed and dressed in their respective homes. Um, one more point would be regarding some of their clothes, especially in Gora Leela, since it is Nichinavadweep. Sri Gadadhar wears white cloth and not red like in um, Boma Leela. Or in, or in the case of one's guru, he may be a sannyasi here, but in Nitya Navadweep, he is a Brahmin boy wearing white. 
So how to meditate on all these things properly in such a way that our worship may foster our service there? It's kind of a long question. Yeah, I understand the question. One um, way of approaching the answer is to make a point that I have made uh, repeatedly on other occasions. And that is that Archon hmm, is one of the um, principal angles or limbs of bhakti. But with regard to the Gaudiya Sampradaya, the main limbs, and these are the ones that are emphasized in the Bhagavatam itself, which is our main book, are Shravanam, hearing, Kirtanam, chanting, and Smarnam. And I often say, and we add to that, half archanum. <laughs> and I mean what I mean by that is in that in, in the Vaidimarg Sampradayas, like the Ramanuja Sampradaya or the Madhva Sampradaya, for example, where the goal is to attain Vaikuntha and reverential uh, love of God, Archon is is very prominent. Uh, for example, in the Madhva Sampradaya in Udupi, the main center for the Madhva Sampradaya, there, there Udupi Krishna is the deity. It's said to have been the deity of Rukmini in Dwarka that was just somehow came into the hands of Madhva and he established the worship. So the worship begins in the morning and the puja with bathing and um, decorating and all that shingar goes up until midday. So it's 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 a major, major, major focus. Hmm? It's very central, the Anga of Archan. Hmm? And in the context of Archon, um, there's a measure of, uh, of reverence. I was once giving a class here and there was a visiting person who was taking interest and I was speaking about love and intimacy, which is our ideal. And then he said, well, why are you bowing down before this, you know, the, the deities here, if that's your ideal? So, uh, so the point being that with, with Archon, there is some measure of, of, uh, of, of reverence in comparison to the intimacy of the Braj Leela, where the service, if you will, of Krishna's friends, Krishna's mother, the gopis, doesn't always look like service. Does it look like service when Mother Yasoda is chastising her son? When Sri Dham is wrestling him to the, him to the ground and defeating him in a match? It doesn't look like service. So you have to look deeply underneath and understand the theology and the philosophy of how there is this realm of intimacy where it is based on service, but it expresses itself in intimacy, in these forms of Sakya, Vatsalya, Madhurya, and so forth. So, um, <clears throat> so there's a difference between Archon and, and the, uh, and, 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 and Archon Seva and Lila Seva, let's say. Um, and with regard to the former Archon, deity worship, Seva Puja, yeah, there's an element of, of, of reverence is, that's, that's there and it, the, the way the puja, seva puja is constructed doesn't entirely correspond 
with the meditative um, internal seva, lila seva, that advanced devotees um, are preoccupied with. Therefore, we often see that very advanced devotees retire into nirjan bhajan and they don't, they're worshiping internally and doing lila seva within in meditation without participating in the archan mark. So the question is more or less how to bring those kind of two together, so to speak. Uh, Marge has given the example of, well, we put the deities to rest at night, but Krishna stays up all night. Hmm? So how, how we, how, how we put these two things together? Um, and, you know, there is, there is the possibility of doing that to some extent conceptually, which is kind of what Marge is asking. To go beyond that for a moment, however, there is also Baba Seva to the deity where, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in, in the Bhav of Braj, of, of the Braj Prem of Sakya or, or Madhurya, then <clears throat> the ordinary rules, if you will, that pertain to Archon may be overstepped hmm, out of Bhava. Hmm. So this is, these are special cases, and we see some examples of this, <coughs> excuse me, and how great uh, associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Jasiddhas sometimes argue with the deity. Um, um, the famous story of Sanatana Goswami, who uh, had Mata Mohan perched in a tree and was worshipping him with uh, unleavened bread with no salt, and the deity said, to him one day, could you at least supply some salt? And he said, well, first you ask for salt, then you're going to want ghee, then you want to want this, that, and I'm a poor sadhu, you know, if you're going to live with me, you have to accept what I have, and so forth. So these are extraordinary um, types of dealings with the, with the archer vigraha rising out of bhava that, that transcend then the ordinary uh, rules, if you will, procedures by which we will engage in 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 archon so there, there there there's some conflict between the two that, that that can be overridden by actually attaining baba but mars is asking something prior to that some conceptual kind of orientation um and <clears throat> i would say that in Gaudiya vaishnavism there has been an effort in some instances in some lineages to try to better connect the two by having artiques at different times that correspond. Uh, I think Prabhupada originally wanted seven or eight artiques a day. So a Mongol artique, which would be correspond with waking Radha and Krishna early in the morning. And then he had like a seven o'clock in the morning artique, which would more correspond with Krishna's second rising in the morning, he wakes in the in, in the kunja, and then he has to get home <clears throat> before the sun comes up fully, and he's found out that he's been out all night. He gets home in time to close his eyes and rest for a few minutes, only to be woken by Balaram's horn and and the commotion uh, of his friends, you know, stampeding, so to speak, uh, with their cows on uh, uh, in, in the uh, in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. Uttai Krishna, Uttai Krishna, wake up Krishna, and so forth. 
Um, so that's the second waking. So Prabhupada did that with the, with the, the, the seven o'clock RT. Mm-hmm. Uh, RT. And then he had a, then he had a midday, um, and then he had a mid afternoon and he even had a changing of the dress of the deities in the morning and again in the afternoon, if possible, in some temples. Um, so that was, let's say it's one, two, three, that's four artiques. Then he had a fifth artique uh, in, in, in the evening at about you know, seven. Then he had another one. So I guess he arranged six artiques throughout the day. And um, that would still leave two periods. But anyway, he made some effort to extend it in that way. And other temples may have done something uh, similar um, uh, or, or along those lines of trying to bring the two together, if you will. Um, but I think that besides adjusting deity worship per se, mentally, conceptually, one um, can pick up where the deity worship traditionally leaves off, so to speak. So if you put the deities to rest at, let's say, eight o'clock at night or something like that, the sun has gone down um, and that's your seva. Well, Krishna does go to sleep. He does go to, he is put to bed at that time. He does lock the door behind, you know, as, and behind him as he, as he goes in. Um, yes, then he gets up and he goes back out. Hmm. So we're not going to go back in and wake the, wake Krishna up at 8.30 and so forth. But, um, typically when the deity is put to rest at night, some prashad like sweet rice is left out. So the implication of that is that he's going to get up. Um, and of course, rather than getting up in the Leela and tasting sweet rice, you know, he goes out and rendezvous with, with the gopis and so forth. So that's where you have to pick up conceptually with the, meditatively and so forth. When you can, when you can go to sleep yourself and stay awake even while you're asleep. Contemplating the Leela. Hmm. Or if you can't do that, at least you can think along those lines. I'm putting the Krishna to rest. He'll get up later on. Hmm. And depending upon my, if I'm in Madhurya Rasa, you know, I want to participate. If I'm in Sakyarasa as a Narmasak, there, there may be some opportunity to participate at his, at his behest. Uh, and, you know, I'll be there. There are examples of this. Um, in, in the literature of the Gos, the, the Goswamis. Um, uh, so I think you have to combine together the two, extend the archon conceptually to include the entirety of Christmas day, even where it leaves off. You wake up to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the morning, um, Maharaj was saying, um, but there's, 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 there's two wakings to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu too. I mean, uh, uh, um, depends on who you, you know, which, which Acharya is writing about it. They're not all the same. So some find him waking in the, in, in the, in the gardens of Srivastakur's compound, having fallen asleep and then, then going home. Hmm? And then the associates come again to his home and again wake him up. 
where others have him going home after staying out all night and taking some rest and then a second, then, then awaking within his home a little later on and so forth. So you have to, those who are involved, like Mars is thinking about this, look at the different Leela narratives of uh, great devotees and, and uh, find what works best for oneself uh, conceptually. As far as um, uh, details like uh, Guru Seva, let's say, I think Mars is giving an example. His Guru is a sannyasi, so he's wearing a saffron colored cloth. But in the Gaur Leela, then he's um, uh, a Brahmin boy with white cloth and so forth. So, so yeah, you're gonna, uh, you can, that's, it shouldn't be so hard to change the color <laughs> in your, in your, in your meditative, uh, 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 conceptualization of, of, of Gaur Leela. Um, I think that, uh, Marge mentioned that Gadada wears white in Alila, but, but, uh, here we may dress him in different colors like red and, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, I mean, these are different, uh, you know, expressions of the reality of Krishna. And in, and Radha and Krishna or Gorgadada are in different circumstances. So you know, in different situations, we we worship them differently. We may find themselves ourselves in one situation, then we may find ourselves in another situation. We may find ourselves at a temple worshiping Gorgadada, and Gadada is dressed in red. We don't say he should be in white because you no. Know, in this particular uh, expression here, we accept him in this way. Um, He's being worshipped in this way, and 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 this is to promote ultimately entering into the lila. Yeah, okay, and he may be dressed in white, and one can meditate accordingly. So I I'm giving a kind of a broad answer. It's something that you know most devotees are not um, able to really participate in, digest, and so forth. This is a little beyond them. Something maybe Marsh can speak with me more uh, personally about, and I can help him with a little back and forth to refine his um, um, way of uh, of thinking about it. But uh, I hope that helps. Yeah, he'll definitely listen to the recording. Um, and then there's a question from. Or Rani and um, Anandi. I just have to go up to. Okay. So the question is. Um... Oh, dude, Rani. That's I wrote it down wrong. That makes sense. <laughs> um, Guru Maharaj, you spoke so beautifully about Lord Gadadhar, and I'd love to hear about him. Therefore, I would like to ask about. Um, how is it that Lord Gadadhar and also Radha um, Lalita, wait, let me say that again. Therefore, I would like to ask how it is that Lord Gadadhar is also Radha, Lalita, and Vishaka. Um, so that's the one, that's 
So there's two questions, but um, that's her question. Uh, well, I think that in uh, Kavi Karnapur's Gorganadish Deepika, where he tries to um, identify eternal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his Leela, Gaur Leela, with associates of of uh, Radha and Krishna in in the Braja Leela, he identifies um, Radha with Radha, and in this he follows the lead of Swarup Damodar Goswami. Hmm? who was uh, the secretary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Jagannath Puri. Um, and he says there, I believe, that Gadadhar is Radha of Gorlila and Lalita. Hmm? Um, in other places, uh, later charges and some contemporaries of the time of Kavikarnapur identified Surabdamadar with Lalita. Uh, later, uh, and, 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 and Kavikarnapur identified Surabdamadar with Vishaka. So the point here, in one sense, with regard to works like Kavikarnapur, of which there are a number of other works, probably the most famous of them was the later work of Vishwanachakavitakur that parallels what Kavikarnapur has done. Again, identifying the, res- the, the members of Gaur Leela with members of Krishna Leela. And he, he does it similarly, but there are some differences. There are other texts as well. Um, like in my book, I'm writing about the Dwadas Gopals. Who are they in Krishna Leela? Who are they in Gaur Leela? And there are like half a dozen or more different books with different opinions. Some of them agree wholeheartedly for the most part, but then there are some exceptions, differences, and so forth. So these are these are uh, I want to say spiritual uh, conjectures on the part of different devotees based on things that have been said in, in other scriptures, based on what other devotees may have said, but based on what the devotees themselves may have said, what may be have been observed in them hmm, um, that uh, causes one gives one rise to make that kind of uh, uh, connection um, but they're not always to be seen as absolutes and therefore Ibn Kavikarnapur gives different opinions but with regard to Gadadhar being Radha and Lalita I don't think he identifies him with Vishaka it's thought that Gadadhar is the Radha of Gaur Lila but in Abdweep in Navadweep, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is full, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu leaves Navadweep to teach. Hmm? And when he leaves Navadweep to teach, he teaches by his example. So n- now he's, he's taking sannyas, now he's a sadhu. Hmm? Right? And so he, he go, appears to go through a, a, uh, a systematic kind of development of progress. Ultimately, he, retires by the force of internal emotion Baba from a public life to the private life and he's in the embrace of Surabdamadar and Ramananda Roy who are coaching him to enter into the Bhava of Radha which he ultimately is successful in doing. The last verse of Shikshastakam as I've said before Kabi Goswami says these words were spoke this is this is the voice of Radha. So he's he he did it. He did it. Um 
and that's that's uh, through that in the time of Mahaprabhu taking sannyas until he enters into the Radha Bhav, there's there's much teaching for all of us. Um, whereas in Navadweep, Navadweep is the goal where we want to enter. So when Mahaprabhu goes deep into the trance in Antilila, we follow him. We come out in Navadweep in the Kirtan in the courtyard of Shivastakur, and that Kirtan corresponds with the with Brindavan and so on and so forth. So in Navadweep, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu may go into Radha Bhava. This is now before he's teaching. And, and, I mean, he, 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 he is Krishna. He is Radha and Krishna combined. Hmm? Um, so there's a systematic teaching in the Madhya Leela, how he enters into that. But it doesn't mean that in Navadweep, in that Leela, which is the eternal Leela we want to enter into, hmm? even in the Prakat expression, the manifest Leela of Gaur Leela, he may taste Radha Bhav, and to the extent that he does so, the idea is that the, the, the Radha Bhav in Gadadhar is given to is given to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Gadadhar accepts the Bhav of Lalita or Anuradha is another name for Lalita. Follows follows Radha, so. This is how it's often explained that Gadadhar is Radha, but sometimes he's in the Bhava of Lalita. Hmm? As Mahaprabhu further tastes the Radha Bhava. Hmm? Something like that. Yeah. Hope that helps. Another question? Yeah, and the second question is, um, Guru Maharaj, I would like to ask about um, Lord Govardhan. What is the tattva? Who's asking? Um, Anandi, Krishna Das. Well, uh, Govardhan um, tattva is a big, big subject, and there are different ways to look at Govardhan Hill. Basically, um, what we find in the Bhagavatam is that um, Krishna himself is identified with the Govardhan Hill. But for that matter, he's identified with the entirety of his Dham. So the Dham, the abode of Krishna, is, is non-different from Krishna, like his form is non-different from him. So, um, uh, Govardhan is a prominent feature of the Dham and of the Leela. The uh, devotees moved from Mahavan early on across the Jamuna to come into the Sindhi of Govardhan because Govardhan, um, Go means cow here and Vardhana means to nourish, to increase. So it increases, supplies the cows with so much, uh, uh, um, it provides much to, 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 to nourish them, and it becomes a primary sporting place for Krishna Leela. Um, so, uh, at the same time that Govardhan is non-different from Krishna, and Govardhan is, for the most part, worshipped as such. For example, 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was given a stone from Govardhan, Shila, and he worshipped the stone. At that time, he would put on a, a, a necklace of Gunjamala, hold the stone, and he would weep, and that would be the Abhishek, the, the sacred path of the deity. Later, he gave the stone to Raghunath Das Goswami, and he gave him the Gunjamala. And Das Goswami um, said that at that time, I understood that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had given me a place at Govardhan in the Leela. And giving me the Gunjamala implied that he gave me a place at Govardhan in the service of Radha. So he identified the Gunjamala to some extent with Radha and um, and, and, and Gopi Bhav in residence at, at, at Govardhan. Now he worshipped Govardhan according to the instructions of Sarup Damodar. Hmm? And, and he saw Govardhan as Rajendra Nandan Krishna. He saw Govardhan as non-different from Krishna. So he conceptually worshipped Govardhan as a deity of Krishna. Hmm? Um, it's, therefore, it, it's, it's common these days within Gaudiya Vaishnavism to worship the deity of Govardhan as a Ragmarg deity representing Krishna and the Gunjamala representing Radha. Put them together. Hmm? Um, that's fairly common. At the same time, um, uh, Govardhan is also identified as a servant of Krishna. Hmm? Radharani says in, in Venu Gita that uh, Haridas Varya is the best servant of Krishna. And these are all the reasons. He provides this, 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 the caves for resting in and birds. He, he facilitates who give the, give the song and it's kirtan and the flowers and the waterfalls for bathing and so on and so forth. And all the Jiva Goswami's written in Gopal Champu, I think 64 different items of worship all provided by Govardhan. So, you know, you do the puja with 64 items and so forth in your home or in, in the temple. And in the Leela, it's played out in this way. Govardhan is providing all these things daily for, for Krishna. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful, um, idea. Um, and in this, Perspective. Then we look at Govardhan as a as a devotee. Vishnu Chakravartyakur says Govardhan is identified with Sakirasa, hmm? as far as seeing him as a devotee. Hmm? We, 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 he's identified with with the, the friendly uh, mood. Hmm? Um, now, how can something be Krishna and be you know devotee of Krishna at the same time? Well, this is fairly common <laughs> um, uh, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu obviously is Krishna and he's a devotee of Krishna. Balaram is, is Vishnu Tattva, but he actually conducts himself more like Shakti Tattva in terms of loving Krishna in Sakyarasa, right? Um, so he's seen by us as both, both as object of worship in Sakyarasa along with Krishna, but also as ideal example of devotion to Krishna in Sakirasa. 
both things. In Rupa Goswami's um, Leela, Don Kaley Leela, Don Kaley Leela is the Leela where, uh, and there are many versions of this, where Krishna sets up with his friends a toll booth and taxes the, attempts to tax the gopis from going any further, um, or ultimately he, he, he wants them to pay the price of, of Radha's, Radha's love. Um, so it's a Narmasakas are involved and Krishna's and, 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 uh, Radha's friends and Manjaris. And, um, this is played out in, 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 in a number of iterations with different details, but the purpose of it is, is the same. Um, um, and in, but in Rupa Goswami's drama, Don Kali Leela, then we find, uh, I think it's Brinda Devi, Gopi. She turns to Govardhan, where it's taking place at Govardhan, and says, just see Govardhan. Hmm? Govardhan is not like this, a one, one mount going straight up, but it's long, hmm? horizontal, with many peaks. Hmm? So she says, just see this Govardhan. Hmm? He's better than Ananta Sesh, which is a manifestation of Balaram, hmm? Hmm? who has many heads, right? So many peaks. Hmm? And while Vishnu resides on the lap of Ananta Sesh, who protects him like an umbrella with his many heads, hmm? Govardhan becomes the lap in which Krishna plays hmm, uh, overseen by so many peaks uh, and so forth. So basically she she says, Govardhan is better than Ananta, Ananta Seish. So she's basically identified him with Balaram, hmm, hmm, who is Ananta Seish's Vishnu, Tattva, Extension, expansion of Balaram, and he's in uh, a serving mood. Hekala Ishwar Krishna Arsabhakti, for that matter. There's one Ishwar and everyone else, even all the Vishnu Tattva are all servants of him. That's the Gaudiya conception. So anyway, Ananda Sesh is a manifestation of Vishnu, but he's always serving Vishnu. So Govardhan is a manifestation of Vishnu. And here he's been likened to Balaram or Ananda Sesh. A better Ananta Sesh. Hmm? He, he, he provides not just a place to sit for Krishna, but an entire playground. Hmm? With so many leelas. So we should pray to Govardhan. I mean, he is towering up above all of Braj. So that means he knows all the leelas. He can see all of them. Hmm? Those within his own lap and, and beyond. There's nothing... There, 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 there's, uh, if he's a Narmasaka, we'll see him as a pre-Narmasaka. Therefore, we can say there's no Leela that he doesn't know about. He's not aware of. So all the, he can really reveal all such real, really Leelas. We'll approach him in this way. Oh, Viraj Govardhan. Namaste Giriraj Jaya Namane. For my obeisances, Namaste Giriraj to the King of Hills. Namaste Giriraj Jaya. Um, Shigovardhana Namane. Your name is Govardhana. Hmm? 
who, who nourishes uh, the cows. You destroy all the obstacles, all difficulties. And you give the highest bliss. So I, I worship you. You are uh, not different from Bhagavan. And you said at the same time, set an example how to serve Bhagavan, as does Balaram or Anantasesh himself. Something like that. These are some ways to think about Govardhan. Govardhan, Giraj, Kijai. So, yeah, um, Abai has a question. Okay. Haribol Gumrush, can you hear me? Yes. Haribol, nice to see you. Exciting to hear about your new program between that and the biking. That's a pretty healthy program you're on yeah. over there, sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, Harley Lit and I both had a question. Uh, she was actually the one that came up with it. She's here as well on another device on the Polish channel here. And um, we were wondering if you could speak a little about some of the residents of Brudge who, uh, when seen through a material lens, could seem like they have the short end of the stick or something. Uh, the main example would be the husbands of the gopis and another one, possibly Jatila. Um, we know, of course, that uh, they're not suffering and everyone there has Krishna at the center of their hearts. Um, but just wondering if you could explain their roles uh, in a spiritual lens to help us understand uh, uh, those characters a little more. Yes, uh, into the prakash or the window of opportunity that we enter, then there are going to be um, any number of props and um, and uh, uh, supporting roles and so forth that are all in one self sense extensions of that of, of the bhav into which we've we've entered hmm? which is central now i'm entering into it in in for example in in in, in sakya bhav in a particular way and so forth and so in order for that bhav to be experienced facilitated there have to be certain arrangements there have to be certain people certain so on and so forth so in one sense hmm? These are extensions of the very bob of the devotee. Hmm? Rather than separate people. Hmm? You follow? Hmm? Who got the short end of the stick, so to speak, <laughs> as, you, as you put it. Hmm? Um, and that's a bit a bit bit novel, I think, but uh probably for most devotees to to hear that. Um but um uh, uh such is the nature of the bhava of a devotee because the, the opportunity for a particular bhava comes to us through 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 sadhasanga and we pursue it. Um and and that grace combined with our effort in the form of sadhana reaches a point wherein uh the Bhakti has cleansed our heart, and we have a desire only to serve Krishna in accordance with that with that bhava, and then the details of that bhava are um, coming from the sankalpa, sankalpa, the, the the wish all wishes fulfilled feature of a mukta. In other words, mukta jivas have all their wishes fulfilled because they're all under the influence of the srupa shakti, 
which is only for the pleasure of Krishna. So um, uh, details of the color of one's dress and where one will reside and so on and so forth. Having heard from the Leela, finding oneself attracted to one sector or another, that the, 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 these are determined hmm, um, to some extent by the will of the jiva that is tied entirely to the Surup Shakti that's only for the purpose of serving Krishna, that manifests newer and newer ways to serve him all the time. Hmm? So one way to look at even your own, you know, who your parents be in the Leela can be an extension of your own, your own Baba. Hmm? Um, they're, they're a Sanchari, you know, and your relationship with them is a Sanchari Bhav hmm? that augments your Rastai Bhav. Hmm? So they're a Bhava. Hmm? That's part of your own rasa, hmm? facilitating it, hmm? rather than some independent person who got the short end of the stick, so to speak. Hmm? This is one way to to look at this. Another way, of course, you know, where this kind of thing is more typically spoken about along these lines, where everyone in the leela is fully satisfied in their particular position. If you want to look at it like that, you can look at it like that. What it may look like from our vantage point of our Bob, or even objectively speaking, Jatila's got the short end here. She's the bad, you know, person, but, but she's actually supplying something to the Leela that is, that is essential for it to happen. Without her, Radha's mother-in-law being in opposition to Radha meeting with Krishna, how can there be parakya? Hmm? Um, so you know you you can look at a figure like Tatila. She's playing a particular role like that. Hmm? Actually, she has full love of Radha and Krishna, but but that she it, it is that feature of the Leela and is fully satisfied in that. I I don't tend to quite look at it like her as a as a as a As a devotee who has done sadhaka to enter there and someone's become a jatila or something like got the short end of, not, not, not like that. Hmm? But these again are, from my perspective, these are props. Hmm? So to speak. These are all <laughs> making the parakia, you know, um, possible hmm? aspects of it. Hmm? So it's all part of the overall hmm, bhava that the devotees Experiencing, does that help? Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much, very much. Um, and then Martin has a question. I'm not sure if he put that in the chat. I'm trying to look. Okay. Yeah, he did. Um, so his question is, Pranam Maharaj, Hari Krishna. I am at a very beginning stage of the practice, and I was meditating on how I can be um, patient with my process of surrender, because sometimes I find sometimes I, I can be really hard with myself for not being that surrendered. Can you share some advices related to this? Thank you very much. Well, I think that, uh, you know, the, the Krishna consciousness or Bodhi Vaishnavism, uh, spiritual pursuit is something that shouldn't 
turn into psychological dysfunction and neurosis hmm? of self-loathing, for example, um, lack of self-esteem or anything like that. Uh, I've often said that there are two senses in which uh, the ego, the term ego could be used, a psychological sense and a metaphysical sense. So metaphysically speaking, we've identified with matter. Hmm? And so this misidentification is called Hunkar. Uh, who was that German philosopher who was interested in uh, Eastern philosophy from a couple centuries back? I forget his name. And he called it the world and the world not. I like that. Uh, many Western readers of, I forget his name now, um, of him, don't understand what he was talking about. But if you're familiar with Eastern philosophy, he's really speaking about Hunkar, the world not. Now, that's different than your personal psychological ego. Hmm? And from the point of view of Vedanta, if you have a healthy psychological ego, which is a balanced psychology, hmm? if you're in balance, that's sattva. So one who has a balanced psychology or is predominantly influenced by sattva is in a better position to, to pursue spiritual life relatively speaking, than someone who is uh, more influenced by Tama or Rajaguna, hmm? which, especially with Tamaguna, which would be very, you know, uh, kind of dysfunctional. Hmm? Now, that, that doesn't mean like within an Arnashram, you have people who are predominantly influenced by by Rajas, the, the, the military, the politicians, and so forth. You have the Tamas, the Sudras. It doesn't mean that they're bad, where they're in a, not in a position to take advantage of spiritual life. If, according to Varnashram, they apply themselves appropriately within the Varnashram and engage themselves according to their psychological influence within the gunas, that's sattva. That's sattvic. Hmm? So the, the, the more one comes to a sattvic perspective, well, the, the better one is suited uh to pursue vertical growth. That's kind of like horizontal growth, hmm? psychological balance. Hmm? Bhakti can come to anyone. It doesn't require you be sattvic or, or even a human being. Hmm? You come to an animal. But where she comes to us is one thing, and then from where we have to go is another thing. So if you're already in sattvaguna, if you're already self-realized like a jnani, and bhakti comes to you. Well, you're going to make progress in bhakti like Sukadeva a lot quicker than, 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 than someone who's influenced by the, by the Tamaguna. And, and first has to have things cleared away and so forth. So anyway, the point being here is that you have to have a healthy psychological ego or that, that's useful, helpful in then pursuing spiritual life. And when we misconstrue the spiritual teachings such that we end up becoming neurotic, because I want to become Krishna conscious. I want to surrender. I can't. Oh, I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling bad about myself. I'm not good enough. And I'm beating myself up and so forth. This is not what's supposed to happen. 
in spiritual life. This is this is a common phenomenon of the Western world. The Dalai Lama, I read once, he was really surprised to see how many Western students were like preoccupied with self-loathing. Hmm? He just couldn't, couldn't couldn't understand it. It didn't register with him. Hmm? So the industrial society and modern world it seems to uh, you know lend itself to this uh, perhaps a little bit more than um, times gone by. Um, agrarian-based cultures, cultures with, which which were uh, based on an idea that this world is not everything. Um, there's a higher ideal to pursue ultimately and to attain, which isn't the narrative of the of the modern world today, the dominant narrative of the world today. So uh, it's a long answer to your to your question, but um, um, yes, we should uh, try to be apply ourselves as best we can, and when we bump into our conditioning hmm, that doesn't allow us to apply ourselves further, we we recognize that we have certain limits. Um, you are supposed to be tolerant to give another way of talking about this but you're also supposed to create a favorable environment for your practice so you create a favorable environment for your practice and in the context of that you tolerate not that you leave yourself in a situation that is um, not favorable and intolerable <laughs> as a result, but make a favorable situation and then tolerate within that. It's a little bit different from what you're asking about, but yes, patience is a virtue and this is not, you know, going to happen overnight. Hmm? We just have to, you know, obviously there's a balance. We have to caution, caution ourselves from thinking yeah, this isn't going to happen off the night. So therefore I should put on the brakes and put it in reverse and that's okay rather than stepping on the gas. I mean, you have to step on the gas, but, you know, you can only go so fast. There are obstacles in the way, and you have to stop, or you're going to bump into that obstacle, and it's going to throw you off the road. So you have to deal with them. Sadhana is an art. So you have to learn to work with the mind, rather than just going against it. It's going to go against the mind. Well, you're not going to be successful. You have to work with it. You have to give it a little bit of room. The Gita says, for example, that in yoga, one should be, one should be, uh, uh, what does it say? Yukta Haraviharas, Yukta in sleep and wake and eating and have have balance and also with regard to recreation. So you may need to give yourself some recreation. You may need to take a walk and you know along the beach or something uh, just to deal with your mind to put it in in, in give it. Uh, uh, rest, peace, whatever may be the case. Um, so to learn to give and take and, 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 and make progress incrementally. So when you run into obstacles, when, when you, you, you know that you didn't, um, that, that the, your, your ability to commit in a certain circumstance was, was less than ideal. Well, that's who you are. That's where you are right now. No reason to be beat yourself up about it, but now you have a good reading. Okay. This is my problem or an issue with me. And so there's more than one way to enter the house. You can go through the door, you can go through the window, you can go through the back door, you can go through the chimney. You have to be a little artful, <laughs> a little skillful in sadhana, but don't become, don't beat yourself up, become neurotic and, uh, and get yourself in a psycho position of 
psychological ego imbalance, that's not going to help you to progress. I hope that helps. Um, and I think that Bhakti Lata had a follow-up question um, okay. in the chat. So her question is, how do we get over the self-loathing so we can get back where we need to be? Sometimes in the throes of depression slash self-loathing, it's hard to have the motivation for anything. Yeah, uh, you know, these are difficult uh, times in, in human society that aren't particularly conducive for um, for spiritual practice, I would say. And uh, so I empathize with you in the fact that, uh, you, you know, you and many others uh, uh, are confronted with that. Um, but I think that um, uh, one thing that's worth considering is that um, if we look at the Bhagavatam, there are paradigmatic figures in the Bhagavatam who are great devotees. Hmm? Uh, Gurungi Priya, who's out there in your area in North Carolina, told me once that she was putting together a collection of the things that happened to great devotees, the adversities that they had to face and so forth. Hmm? And she was like surprised, like, wow, <laughs> it's not all, you know, roses and lotuses here. You know, uh, if you want to smell the rose, you, you might get pricked by the thorn. It's possible. And, and, and she was really surprised that so many great devotees and so many problems that they were put in. So I think we can look, you know, to those examples. If we have good association, we're regularly hearing and chanting and they can be an inspiration to us. In our life, in as much as hmm, when our own uh, difficulties, we can share them or compare them with others, we get some kind of like community support. Like if, I, if I'm suffering from something and I find somebody else is suffering from the same thing, it lightens my burden a little bit. Hmm? Right. So this is one way in which you can lighten the burden by sharing it so to speak with and, and exchanging notes with here's my problem it's really bad let's look let's talk to the pond of us hmm? and then i look at their problem their house was burned they were exiled and they did nothing wrong uh whatsoever and 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 and, and, and so on and and we can we can bond with them these great mahajans great souls in the midst of our own, you know, difficulties, with the fact that they had difficulties, and get 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 some strength from them. This is uh, one thing I would recommend. But it requires familiarity with the texts, reading them, so on and so forth, hearing from other devotees, the narrative. Um, you know, look at Prahlad's situation. You know, his own father. You know, we may have had a father that was dysfunctional. And, did one thing or another to us or didn't do one thing or another that should have been done. What about Prahlad? Hmm? So we're not alone, the point is. Sometimes we feel alone in our difficulties, but we, in the bigger picture, amongst devotees and in, in the community of devotees, in the Leela Seva that we want to enter, hmm? you can imagine what is the, what is the measure of their compassion for us. They have experiences that even exceed ours in terms of 
obstacles and, and difficulties and so forth. So these are real people, real figures. These are manifestations of Krishna's internal energy, Surup Shakti. We should count on the compassionate, empathetic nature of the Surup Shakti and, and not feel alone in our difficulties. Beyond that, of course, we have our contemporary devotees with whom we can share our notes, if you will, uh, my problems and, and your problems. And, and this is a typical way in which we can get some relief and, and lighten the burden, but it's a burden that at the same time we think we, we have to go through. And why? They will all, one day it'll all come clear. This all happened to me for this reason, this reason, this reason. It all makes sense. Hmm? And right now, it doesn't always make sense, but one day it will all come to you like a whole painting. This, and, 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 um, and all, you know, I say all make, makes, makes sense to you. So hang on. All right. We're with you. We love you. Bhakti Lata Dasi. Thank you. So with that, we're out of time. Um, we have a note here from Dr. Bumsi uh, uh, Dari, I see. He's a psychologist. There is a psychological phenomenon, he says, called spiritual bay pass, meaning that one uses spiritual practice in the service of one's neurosis. <laughs> Bypass. Sometimes. Bypass. Oh, oh, he meant bypass. bypass. Spiritual bypass, meaning that one uses spiritual practice in the service of one's neurosis. Sometimes to avoid one's psychological issues, sometimes just transferring one's issues into the spiritual practice. Take care on one's, take care of, it must be one, one's own emotional life Taking care of one's own emotional life will improve the practice. Yep. Likely. Mercy, compassion, love is in bhakti. Self-loathing and all these other things are not part of it. Yes, we have limits and have to function within them. Listen to Guru Maharaj. That is what mercy sounds like. Hold on to that, he says. Well, well said from the doctor. Got a prescription for the day, a psychological prescription for the day. We're very thankful for that. So nice to be with you all, and I uh, hope to be with you again next week. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Jai.